Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. How are we doing this morning? Good, good, good. Well, I, I'll too, also want to just thank our first-time guests for joining us, and just want to welcome you again. Thank you again for joining us here at Restoration Church play some new beginnings and a hope for the future. I'm just so excited that you're here today to hear the word of God. I just want to give honor to, first of all, Jesus for this opportunity. My name is Aaron. I serve here as a college pastor at Restoration Church. Pastor Huey, I want to honor him and his family as well. They are actually out of town this weekend enjoying some rest, some relaxation, and some refreshment at a family reunion right now. So just, just pray for them as they travel and as they're with their family right now. So just want to honor them. I also want to honor our next-gen team, Pastor Angel Hudson and uh, Pastor Josh Hudson, our next-gen team here. And I, just, I just love them, y'all. I love serving Jesus with them. We get to reach kids for Jesus. Like, that's, that's our job. That's our heartbeat. And so we just, we, we just love teaching kids how to have a relationship with God. So I just want to give honor to them. It's an honor just to serve and be a part of Restoration Church. I also want to welcome our online congregation as well. Uh, you're on our new platform, so know that you can take notes. You can choose a Bible translation as we go through the Word together. So just be encouraged to join with us online for our online congregation. Who's excited about the Word of God this morning? Come on, can we make some noise for Jesus? Come on, let's make some noise for His Word this morning. His Word that brings transformation, that brings life change, that brings deliverance, that brings healing. That changes us. That changes us. Let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 18. The verses will be on the wall behind me. I'll be reading from the New King James translation. The book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 1 through 18. I love the sound of the flipping of pages. I know a lot of you have, you know, iPads and smartphones and you have your Bible apps, but I love the sound of, you know, the paper flipping. I love that. Acts 18, verse 1, reads as follows. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justus, one who worshiped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Then Christ was the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. Now the Lord, now please catch this. This is Jesus speaking to Paul. Please catch this. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid. Let's say that together. Do not be afraid. And do not keep silent. For I am with you. And no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. When Galileo was pro-council of Achaia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, this fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. And when Paul was about to open his mouth, Galileo said to the Jews, if it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes, O Jews, there would be reason why I should bear with you. But if it is a question of words and names in your own law, Look to it yourselves, for I do not want to be a judge of such matters. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took Sothenus, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. But Galileo took no notice of these things. Verse 18a, so Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. Holy Spirit, come. Fill this room with your presence. Manifest your divine authority in this place, God. Speak what is true, God. I'm your vessel, God. Hide me behind the cross, O Father. 
And Lord, let your anointing rest on this word for right now, in this season, God. Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of our hearts, open up our understanding and give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, God, to hear what you are saying in your word. We invite your presence to continue to lead this service, Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, for your presence. Change the atmospheres, God, in our lives and in our hearts. We give your name all the praise, glory, and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you, Brother Mario. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. So the last four weeks, Pastor Huey has been doing a series through the book of Ephesians called The Journey of a Jesus Follower. And we've been focusing on what it means to actually follow Jesus. And we're, we're studying a Pauline letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus that he planted. The first message Pastor Huey talked about was God's plan revealed and how the gospel was God's plan A, how he, he, he sent Christ to die for us, to, to save us, and how he has a great plan of redemption by sealing us with the Holy Spirit for the inheritance of his promise. The second message he talked about was the believer's GPS, and he focused and, and zoomed in on the Holy Spirit. Who loves the Holy Spirit? I love the Holy Spirit, especially when you're actively listening to him. And Pastor Huey focused on the fact that the Holy Spirit is the GPS of our soul. That he guides us, that he leads us, that he empowers us, that he not only seals us, but he fills us with his divine authority and his power for ministry to, to reach others with the love, grace, and truth of Jesus. His third message was too good to be true. And he shi Pastor Huey shifted from the Holy Spirit to the grace of God. How if the Holy Spirit is the GPS for the believer, then the grace of God is the fuel for the journey how God's grace empowers us, how God's grace enables us, how God's grace helps us every single step of the path. And he opens up doors for us to walk in his love and to, to connect with others and to show them that his grace is available to anyone who says, I believe and I surrender my life to Jesus. And then last week, Pastor Huey preached a message entitled, One Faith, One, I'm sorry, One People, One Faith, One Journey. We're in this together. Yeah. Jews and Gentiles, Caucasians, African Americans, Latinos, Italians. It doesn't matter what color you are or what culture you are. God is building a family. Yeah. 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 And we're following Jesus together to advance his kingdom and to advance the gospel. And so that's the series that we're in. But you know, sometimes when you take a journey, sometimes there's a detour. Sometimes there's a detour that happens that we really didn't perceive coming. We really didn't know that it was going to come, but God leads us through detours anyway because he has a purpose for it. So I want to share with you a message that's really not tied into the series, but we will stay in the mindset and the mind frame of what it means to follow Jesus. And today's message is entitled, In the Middle. In the Middle. 2014... I was a part-time intern here at Restoration Church. I was also a full-time college student at UAH, and I was also engaged to my now wife, Alyssa, which I love and I honor you, honey. Thank you for standing beside me always. And I was working at K Jewels at the time, so everything was working in my good, man. I, I could save up for a ring. It was good. About to get married in a few months. Life was awesome. And I was on break working at K Jewels in Parkway Place Mall, and I have about 35 minutes for break, so. I love honey gold wings, y'all, with some fries and some coleslaw and a little bit of ketchup on the side. And I have 35 minutes to really enjoy that meal. I bring my Bible because I, I love to minister to people during my break when I was working at K Jewelers. So I had my Bible, I had my meal, and guess what? My fiance at the time called me. She called me, y'all. So I got food, I got Jesus, I got future wifey on the phone. This is great. So, man, I'm, I'm just enjoying my meal, got my future wife on the phone, and then all of a sudden, while I'm eating my food, the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart, and he says, look to your right. Okay. I mean, Lord, I bless the food. I mean, I, I should be good in my bubble right here. And I look to my right, and there is a Latino woman sitting to my right, frantically flipping through a Bible. She's just flipping through it, trying to find a verse or something. Now... I love Jesus, but I love Jesus because he gives me food. <laughs> I love to eat food. 
and I had my future wifey on the phone. And so I had this millisecond moment of like, all right, look to my right or do I kind of stay here? But it was in the middle of my lunch that God was about to manifest his purpose. Please hear me. I looked to my right. Then the Holy Spirit gave me the next step of instruction. Go ask her if she understands what she is reading. Now, wait a minute, Lord. Wait a minute. Hold on, Lord. Hold on, Lord. Future wife, you on the phone. I got you right here in my word. I got my honey gold wings and my coleslaw, Lord. She, she'll be all right. She's good. You, you bless me right here. But it was in the middle. It was in the middle of what I was already doing. There, was, there were good things that a detour happened. I said, honey, let, let me call you right back. I've, the Holy Spirit's wanted me to minister to this lady. Now, I don't speak Espanol. I don't speak Spanish. I, I had maybe five phrases in high school, and I forgot those, 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 uh, those phrases. So I'm walking in faith, <laughs> and I get near her, and I ask her, do you understand what you're reading? Now, she looked at me like, who are you? But she saw that I had my Bible in my hand, and then there was a piece that Jesus brought. And she was flipping through her Bible and she was looking for the story of Noah. And she said, sir, can you, can you help me understand why did God flood the world? Why, why did God destroy the world with water? What, what does the boat mean? What, what does the ark mean? It was in the middle of my journey that a detour happened. And I got to share the gospel of Jesus to show the, the symbolic nature of the ark that points to the cross of Jesus, that if you go into the ark, you are his, you are saved, you, are, you belong to him. And I got to share the gospel with her in the middle. In the middle. As I said, we're, we're not going through the book of Ephesians today. Pastor Huey will pick up next week, but I, I want to keep us in the mindset of what it means to follow Jesus. And I, I want us to look at the words of Jesus himself, of how he defined what it means to follow him. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 24, I'm reading from the NIV translation, and it reads as follows. Then he, he being Jesus, said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily. Somebody say daily. And follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life from me will save it. I'm going to go ahead and start with my first point because I've, I've got to lay, lay the groundwork for where we're going this morning. Y'all okay with that? Amen? Point number one, Jesus calls us to follow him, not manage him. Jesus calls us to follow him and not manage him. In that moment, I could have really managed Jesus because I got the word. I've got future wife. I've got food. But it was in the middle. It was in the middle of my day, in the middle of my moment, that Jesus was leading somewhere else. And sometimes on our journey as, as a Jesus follower, we had these detours. We had these detours that, that wasn't part of the original plan, but what we think is the original plan is really not his plan. And sometimes we have to shift with his detour and go with where he's going because it's something in the middle that he wants to do. Who am I talking to today? Listen, we're going to look at Paul. And we're in, we're in, we're in chapter 18 of Acts. And we're, we're coming to a point right before he gets to Ephesus. So he's, he's actually in the city of Corinth. And if you want to understand Corinth, look at America. All right? That's, that's the culture that it was today. Okay? So this was not a very friendly place. A lot of sexual proximity and sexual immorality and a lot of things that, that, that looks like our nation today. And then Jesus was leading him there. And I, and I want us to, to look at a few things as Paul's journey as a Jesus follower and how Jesus put him in the middle of a few things that didn't seem like it was according to plan, but there was a purpose. Because sometimes what we see as a delay in a detour, God calls a divine appointment. God calls divine destiny, but we must surrender in the middle. Somebody say in the middle. Let's look at Acts 18, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to show you Paul's community, Paul's constant communication, and his occupation as a Jesus follower. Acts 18, 1 through 4, New King James Version. 
After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation they were tent makers, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Listen, I, 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 I wanted to read those verses again really fast to remind you of Pastor Huey's sermon last week, that we are one people with one faith on one journey. And Paul, as a great apostle he was, was not by himself. We are following Jesus together. We'll take some detours following Jesus together. There is no such thing as a lone wolf Christian. We are in this together. If you are by yourself, it better be because the Holy Spirit led you with a one-on-one time with him for a season. But if it was a self-led isolation, that's not solitude. That, that's, you are inflicting self-harm to yourself. You need each other. We need Christ in each other. And we see Paul walking that out. So I wanted to point that out because it's very important to understand. Acts 18, verses 5 through 6. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, oh look, they're following Jesus together, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Point two, the master's mission, the mission, you know, to make disciples, to be a witness for Jesus, the master's mission is in the middle of messy people. The master's mission is in the middle of messy people. Paul always went to the Jews first. And if they didn't receive Christ, he would go to the Gentiles. But Paul had to go to where the messiness was first. It didn't didn't matter if they were going to receive Jesus or not. As a Jesus follower, he was following his call, no matter the response of the people. He was walking in faith. And see, the the response doesn't determine whether you walk in your calling or not. You do it anyway because you're in love with Jesus, because you belong to Abba, right? And so if we belong to Abba, we we, we walk in willing obedience, not not this robotic ritual obedience that's not spirit-led. So he's, he's following Jesus. He, he shares Jesus with the Jews, and, the, and they reject him. He, he, he wipes. He says that that responsibility is not on me anymore. And he goes to the Gentiles who have an open heart for the gospel. Listen, I, as, I, as I was preparing for this message, the, the Lord had me focus on, on the word middle for a, a long time. <laughs> so go ahead and throw up the, uh, the word middle, Miss Sherry. And he, he, he broke down some things for me that I really want to impart into you today. And we're going to focus on on the letter M right now in the word middle. And one thing we need to understand about the word uh, middle or the letter M in in the word middle is that when Jesus puts us in the middle of something that may or may not seem like we're supposed to be there, we have to understand that he is our master. He is our master. Jesus is our master. In Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2, NIV translation. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I learned about sacrifice when I was younger. When I was about 12 years old, uh, my younger siblings and I, we like, we like to ride bicycles. We had those old school bicycles that didn't have the handbrakes. So you know how you stop? You have to pedal backwards, right? <laughs> And we used to have this big backyard. It had hills, it had some holes. It was kind of country. And it was fun because we used to race each other and go around the hills and go around trees and, and dodge pine cones. And we, we would race each other on these bicycles. And, oh gosh, I remember this. Rachel Calhoun, my little sister, if you're watching this, I love you so much. Just, just a quick disclaimer out there. Okay, so back to the story. My sister and I, we were doing this this kind of round-robin tournament of who can win the most races around the backyard. (laughs) And so it came down to me and my little sister, Rachel. And we at the top of the hill, right? And my little brother, he lost. So he he had to be the referee. So he had to, you know, say one, two, three, go. So he goes, go, and Rachel and I take off. And we're neck and neck. You know, we're kind of bumping, you know, I'm kind of elbowing her. She's elbowing me. 
and I elbow a little too hard. I love you, sis. And she flies off her bike, hits a, hits a rock, and falls face down in front of me. Now, I'm scared for my life, because my mom's home. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh no, she fell off her bike. What are we gonna do? Oh my gosh. I'm in trouble, I'm dead, what's gonna happen? And all this is happening while I'm riding my bike and I'm not focusing on what's going on because my trajectory of my bicycle is aiming for her face because she had fallen down and I'm thinking all these things, not paying attention and unfortunately, I ran over my sister's face. Since I love you so much. I ran over my little sister's face with a bicycle. And so, in the middle of our fun, a slight detour happened. A problem came up. Nothing that was intentionally done by us. We didn't cause it. But it was in the middle that a problem came, but there was a purpose there. Because it was in that moment, I jump off my bike and I realize, you know what? I've, I've got to get my sister to safety. I'm about 12. She's about 10 years old. I scoop up and I pick her up and I carry her to the house. And it was actually in that moment that my younger sister and I really bonded for about five minutes. <laughs> we bonded really, really well. And she wasn't furious or angry because I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Please, please forgive me. Please. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, boohooing on her face. But she's like, it's Aaron. It's okay. It was an, you know, it was an accident. No big deal. And it, it, was that, it was in that moment of being in the middle of a problem God's purpose of love binding together siblings that it glorified God. See, sometimes in the middle of what we perceive as a problem, God can set it up for purpose. What we perceive as a problem, God can set up for purpose. And we, we have to have that sacrificial love, like that sacrificial choice I had to make to stop what I was doing, pick up my little sister and carry her. The same way Jesus scooped us up from our sin and picked us up to a place of redemption and restoration. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says this in the NIV translation, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. There were tenseful times in the culture of Corinth due to Paul obeying Jesus' call in his life. And if we skip ahead to Acts 18, verses 7 through 8, we see that as Paul was engaging with the Gentiles, they were responding. A man named uh, Justus and another man who was the ruler of the Jewish synagogue was named Crispus, and they believed in Jesus. Let me read those verses to you, seven and eight. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justus, one who worshiped God, whose house was next to the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Ted Vail, uh, he's, he's our Foursquare Missions Director, he says this about divine appointments. Divine appointments are a way of life for a follower of Christ. We must maintain a heavenly perspective in the middle of our detours. And I, I want to I show you something that is implied in the text in Paul's heart, because you got to check this out. The Jews go to the synagogue to engage with God. Christ, uh, Crispus is a Jewish synagogue leader who gives, his, who gives his life to Jesus. So there's some tension there. You have Jews who worship God their way, and then you have Christ, Crispus who has found Jesus. And so Paul, Paul is in the middle of some tension right here. He, he's in the middle of a messy situation because some Jews are following Jesus because of Crispus' leadership influence, and some are not. Even the man Justus, he's a Gentile, he's, he's a worshiper of God. And you, and you, 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 can, you can sense this, this kind of intensity build up in Paul because the next few verses, Jesus has to say something to him because he's in the middle of something that doesn't, doesn't feel too good, doesn't feel normal. But there's no such thing as normal in Christianity. It's only kingdom. It's only kingdom. And sometimes kingdom makes our flesh feel a little squirmish, but he sometimes leads us in the middle of something for a purpose. Listen to what Jesus has to say to Paul right here. And this, this is the first time that Jesus has spoken to Paul since Acts chapter 9. Look at Acts 18, verses 9 through 10. 
Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak. Do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. Point three, Jesus will speak his peaceful perspective in the middle of your perceived problem. He will speak. He will give you a rhema word, a word that heals you, a word that quickens you, a word that reminds you of your call, a word that says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Keep speaking. I'm right here. Now, notice what else Jesus says as well. Jesus promised his presence, but he also promised his presence through his people. For I have many people in this city. Let's pause for a second. Where are you in this story right now? Where, where are you in this text? Well, let, let's just pause for a second. In the middle of my message, let's just pause. Let's just pause. Where are you in this story? Are you Paul? Are you, you being obedient but finding yourself in some really sticky situations? Or are, are, you, are you like the Jews who are maybe, maybe not really following Jesus and kind of doing your own thing? Where, where, where are you in the story? Or are, 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 are you the people in the city of Madison and Huntsville that Jesus can boldly say, I've, I've got people in this city. I've got people in this city. I've got people in this city. You're okay. I'm with you and I'm with you through them. Come on. They're in the middle with you. You're not alone. Be encouraged. Let, let, let's say it a different way. Is your trust in God trustworthy? In the middle, is your trust in God trustworthy? What does Jesus say about your faith? As a Jesus follower, we love to be faithful when there's no detours. But when we get in the middle of a turn that doesn't look like him, can we still say, I trust Jesus, I'm for Jesus, I love Jesus? In the middle. Somebody say in the middle. Look, y'all, y'all seen me teach, but y'all about to see me preach. Right. Jeremiah 2911. Jeremiah 2911. NIV translation. Listen, God, God speaks his promises in the middle. God speaks his promises in the middle of our problems. Now, look, we love Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a powerful verse, powerful promise. Let's read it together. You ready? Let's, let's go. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Do you know where Israel was when God said that? Let's talk about that for a second. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not devaluing this promise. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But let, let, let's look at where they were in the middle. I'm just going to read a few verses to you from Jeremiah 29. It's not going to be on the wall, so just, just, just please listen. Let's, let's just start at verse 4, Jeremiah 29, 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Ooh, Babylon. Isn't that where King Nebuchadnezzar was? Okay. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Let's skip down to verse 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70, somebody say 70. Say it like you mean it. When 70 years are completed in Babylon. I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place for another place that I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Hello. It wasn't just a promise that is yes and amen in Jesus. That was a missional promise. Missional promise. Because look at what he said before. While you're there, be my people. Represent me. And oh, by the way, he raises up Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego while they were there. So the promise was fulfilled. But it happened in the middle. In the middle. 
encourage you? Mm-hmm. Keep going. Yes. Some of you are questioning God's faithfulness because you've taken a detour that's been led by the Holy Spirit and you really don't like it. But can I encourage you? Amen. Keep going. Amen. Keep going. Don't stay stuck in the middle. Keep going. Yes. Yes. Galatians 6, 9. Reads as follows, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. You must learn to keep going despite what is happening in the middle of your life. And can Jesus say, are you one of his faithful, trustworthy followers in this city? Is your trust in God trustworthy? We're going to be camping there for a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Listen, in Acts 18:11, we see Jesus manifest that word he gave Paul. Paul, it says in Acts 18:11, he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Jesus is faithful, y'all. He gave Paul 18 more months to minister the gospel of Jesus but it was in the middle. It was in the middle. Let's read Acts 18, 12 through 13. When Galileo was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, this fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. Now, wait a minute. Jesus just said, no one's going to attack you to harm you. But a couple of verses later, 18 months later, they're dragging Paul to the judgment seat at the synagogue. Did Jesus lie? Let's talk about it. Was Jesus mistaken? Did he miss it? Pastor Hughes is going to be breaking this down more next week. But let's go ahead and jump to Ephesians 3 real quick. I want to show you a parallel to understand why sometimes Jesus leads us in the middle of people that may or may not approve of our walk with Jesus. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this, please listen, God's purpose in all this was to use the church, not a building, the redeemed, the forgiven, us, sons and daughters of God, to display his wisdom in his rich variety. To who? All the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Who is that? Hmm. Y'all, God puts us on display in front of the enemy. You got to get this. Please don't miss this. And this is his plan. This was his his eternal plan, which he carried out through Jesus Christ, the finished work of the cross. Please hear me. You got to get this. You got to see this parallel. So in the natural, right, in the natural, Paul is taken to the synagogue because he's been teaching about a relationship with Jesus. He's before people who are opposed to that. So in the natural, it looks like that. But in the spirit, I see God with his mighty hands lifting up Paul and in the middle he's telling the demons that have influenced those Jews to come against Paul. Look at my manifested wisdom. Look at my gospel. Look at what I'm doing because I don't have a backup plan. The church is my plan A. He shows us in the middle. In the middle. Wait, wait, wait. I I thought God loved me, Pastor Aaron. He does. He loves you enough to have enough trust in your faith to display you and say, hey, have have you considered my servant such and such? Have you considered my son? Have you considered? 
Let's look at it another way. Woo, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. Listen. Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We have three parties here at this table. Somebody say, set the table. Say it again, set the table. So we've got us. We have the enemy. But who do you think set the table? Because sometimes we focus on this verse, we focus on us. God, you put me around the enemy? You put me in the middle of the enemy? But last time I check, when you set the table, you the host of the party. You call the shots. It's in his presence, in the middle, that I know that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. In the middle. He's for me in the middle. You're not by yourself. Be encouraged, Restoration Church. He will meet you in the middle. Because he set. He set the table. He set the table. Don't be afraid of the people that may come against you. Take a stand in the mighty hands of God as he displays your faith, your faith in the face of a defeated enemy. Because that was his purpose. According to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. But don't worry, Pastor, he will break that down more next week. Just want to give you a little, a little teaser, a little teaser. Listen, point four. I'm almost done, y'all. Just bear with me. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's, it's, it's learning how to be okay with being put in the middle. And as we see Galileo, he, he had enough of the Jews' religion. Paul had fruit. <laughs> Paul had relational fruit with Jesus. So Galileo was like, you Jews doing all this religious stuff? I'm not interested in that. Leave him alone. He booted him out of the judgment seat. Jesus is faithful. My next point, you have to remember this. Jesus is faithful in the middle of your faithfulness. Jesus is faithful in the middle. Let's look at the word middle again. Let's focus on two quick things. The word ID and the word middle. And then we're going to focus on the letter I in the word middle. We must remember that Jesus will always speak our identity over us when we're in the middle of those hard circumstances as he is displaying us before the enemy. But we must also be wary to not get stuck on I. You're going to go to the next one, Miss Sherry. The the, the focus is now on the letter I. And and God spoke a word to me. I need to give you a definition of it because if we get stuck in the middle, we'll become idle. I-D-L-E. Let me give you the uh, Webster's 1828 dictionary definition. Idle. Having no worth or basis, not being used or employed, lazy, not having much activity, trying to avoid work. The harvest, okay, I'm not even going to go there. Listen, the harvest, oh, is so ripe right now. We need people in the marketplace following Jesus in the middle. Remaining unused, vain, unfruitful, slothful, unprofitable, not tending to edification. In, Paul, uh, in Acts 18, 18a, it says, so Paul still remained a good while, then he took leave 
of the brethren himself for Syria and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. So Jesus was faithful again, gave him more mission work, but Paul did not stay stuck in the middle. He didn't stay stuck in Corinth because in Acts 19, he's in Ephesus. You can't get idle because if you become idle, you might make yourself an idol, I-D-O-L. You might make yourself an idol. Don't be idle because you might make yourself an idol. For, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 through 14. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives. Please hear the spirit of the Lord this moment. Refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. Listen, don't put yourself in the middle of something that God never led you to. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Take note of those who refuse to obey that we say in this letter. Stay away from them so that they will be ashamed. Ooh, that's strong. That's strong. Because if you're being idle, you're not making disciples, which means you're not about kingdom work. Don't cut off your fellowship because you're being idle. Please don't do that. Trust him in the middle. Follow him past the middle and keep going. Listen. The letter I in the middle of the word middle is also correlated to the word pride. Point five. Prune your pride. My wife, uh, I think last year in the Christmas time, excuse me, I didn't get past you real quick. My wife asked me to go to the front yard. We have a tree at our, our, at our home. And um, she asked me to uh, cut some branches from the tree. And I'm like, no, it's cold. I want to go outside and cut branches from the tree. But the Holy Spirit said, go out there. I have a lesson for you. So I go out with my handy dandy hedge clippers, and I, I cut some of the limbs off from the tree. Now, it's, it's wintertime. There's no blossoming. There's no fruit, nothing. April of this year, God reminded me of the pruning I did in the wintertime of 2016. And our tree was the only tree on the block that had pink flowers blossoming through it. There's purpose in pruning to bear more fruit. And we must prune our pride. Come here, but listen. Because if we don't prune our pride, pride's not powerful unless you give it power. And so let's say the solar paper is pride. And if I, okay, you're good. If I allow pride to attach itself to my purpose, it's, it's going to be kind of hard to, to, to follow Jesus because I'm, I'm, I'm having to drag around this thing that needs to be pruned. I know it's toilet paper, and you know it's not really sturdy, but if you get enough toilet paper on here, I'm going to I'm gonna have to drag this table around as I'm following Jesus. And he invites us to prune your pride. Prune your pride. Well, let me see if I can preach and say, oh, no, no, that's not going to work. That's really, okay, how about, oh, okay, I can kind of break it. But you know what? Jesus can give me some hedge clippers, and I can just kind of snip this up, man. And it's, and it's, 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 it's done. It's, it's good. When he exposes it, man, I don't have to worry about it no more. But I have to make the choice to prune my pride. And we see Paul pruning his pride because he, he could have stayed. He could have stayed in Corinth, but he chose to follow Jesus to Ephesus. Crystal, can you grab what we need? I have a prophetic word for Restoration Church and our restoration movement. And before I close, I'm going to do something. No, you're good, Mark. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, I'm, I'm going to do something in the middle of my message that's really not, you know, traditional preaching, but... We follow Jesus, and we're not about tradition. We're a spirit-led church. Um, Mama White, will you grab your chair? In fact, let me just grab you a stool. Let me grab you a stool. Um, 
Because I want to talk about and model this prophetic word to you so you can see what's coming. I want to encourage you in that. Mom, I'm going to give you the the tall stool because I'm kind of tall, so you can have this one. You're welcome. Oh, you got coffee. This is awesome. You are preaching up a storm. (laughs) My son can preach. Mm, How are you? Good, love. How are you? Uh, Well, I'm preaching right now. Um, (laughs) You know, following Jesus. But, uh, you know, my own life right now with Alyssa and I, you know, we're, we're, we're following Jesus, but going through some, uh, you know, financial difficulties. But uh, even in the middle of that, we're trusting him. He's been faithful. He, he's, he's come through. Yes. It's amazing. Uh, how, are, how is your, look, let me tell you something about my mom, my spiritual mom. She's a safe place, okay? I remember one time when I first got married, uh, we were living in the apartment, and she was going to work, and I was at the house. And I sent you a text message of a picture of a meal I was preparing. And like, I sent her this picture, and my mom was, and mom was like, oh, <laughs> you, need to, you, you need to fix your presentation, son. It's a good meal, but you need to fix your presentation. And we, 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 we can be honest with each other like that. Because mom understands the investment of making disciples, of pouring in while in the middle of her busy schedule. She'll take time to text me. To connect with me. So for you this season, Mom, how important is it for you to understand to always be that safe place when you're meeting with people, despite the fact that you're about to open a new campus in South Huntsville, you're doing all these things? How, how is the Lord leading you in that process just to, to stay that safe place for anyone that says, hey, can, can, can I talk? I love that. You know, in the Greek, katharos is pruning and it means cleansing. That's so important. I love I love what you were demonstrating. It means cleansing. And to me, I believe that's a daily allowing of him to cleanse. A daily allowing of him to cleanse. Because you know what? If I'm not discipling with him, then I can't love you like I need to. That's right. You know, that's what the word tells us. How you love is how I'm going to determine if you're discipling. So if you're loving me on Sunday and then you're talking about me on Monday, then then I'm going to have to question if you're abiding in the vine. And so for me... That has to be on the forefront of my mind. If I'm not loving you, then you're not going to trust me. And so, you know, even when I look at leadership, I'm not looking at your gifts. I'm looking at how you love the one sitting right next to you. Amen. That's right. That's right. So given that everything that, you know, you're walking through right now in this season, with everything that's going on, September 10th, you know, September 10th is our South Huntsville campus release of our new campus. For you, how are you spending that one-on-one time with Jesus? How are you getting away and really dumping everything on him and casting your cares upon him and, and, and finding that, that, that outlet in Jesus? You know, what was working six months ago doesn't work now. Because I'm in the middle right now. Oh, you're in the middle. I'm in the middle right now. And what was working before, I don't have that anymore. I don't have that same time anymore. So what I'm finding is when, I, when my back is against the wall, when I'm being crushed from every side, when I'm being forced to make decisions and I don't understand the process. I am in the middle of a very dirty, dusty area in our new campus because it's under construction. And I'm telling you, I got dirty knees a lot because in the middle of everything, you better stop and go to what you know and to whom you know is going to help you. Amen. Amen. Because people can't help you sometime when you're in the middle. That's where I am. Amen. Thank you, mom. Listen, this, this wasn't scripted. She just knew we're going to have coffee in the middle of my message. So I, I I wanted to give you a picture of what discipleship looks like because the prophetic word I believe God has given for all of our campuses 
at restoration is the following. God will manifest momentum in the middle of this movement when we make disciples. We will see exponential growth when we make disciples. And never forget that Jesus was in the middle for you. Between two deserving criminals hanging in the middle for you because he loves you and he gave his life for you. And, and, and don't think that, that Jesus, even though he was walking on this earth as a man, baptized with the Holy Spirit, don't, don't think that he, he wasn't having this, this kind of tenseful moment either. Look at Matthew 26, 53 through 54. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and he will at once send me more than 12 leaders of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? He was, he was in the middle of getting betrayed by Judas in the Garden of Gethsemane. But even in the middle, he said, you know, I, I, I could call down angels and take y'all out, but I choose to stay in the middle of God's will. And even in the middle, while we were in our mess, Jesus said in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them. While I'm hanging in the middle for them, but they don't know what they are doing. Jesus was in the middle of your mess because he wanted to bring you from a place of death to life. And that concludes today's message. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.